Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. Blueland set out to do something about it. Eliminate the need for single-use plastic in the cleaning products we reach for the most. I'm absolutely obsessed with Blueland for a couple of reasons. One, how they're helping the environment. Two, how convenient they make my life. And three, how freaking beautiful their pastel containers are. All you have to do is fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning products on your groceries run again. My partner was a little skeptical the other day if the dishwasher tablets would work as well as the pods we usually use. But after the dishes came out sparkling clean, he was sold as well. It's not only super convenient, but Blueland is also affordable. Refill start is just $2.25 and you can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash datable. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash datable for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash datable to get 15% off. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, UA, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Welcome to another episode of Datable, a show all about modern dating. On each episode, we hear real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not in some cases. In today's case, we're talking about the friend zone. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, Some of you know this already, but I was a dating coach when I was living in New York. And one of the main reasons why people would come to me for help, one was to get more chicks. That's what they would say. And the second reason was, how do I get out of the friend zone? It's one of those questions that, you know, everyone, it's like the million dollar question. And my answer to them was always, you cannot get out of the friend zone. Once you've been in the friend zone, you can't climb out. But in today's case, that's all changed. We have Amy and Chris. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Just a little background on both of you. First of all, you're engaged now, right? We're engaged. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So you went from friend zone, totally platonic, to now being engaged. Yes. That's correct. And not a platonic engagement either. I just want to clarify. They're holding hands. They're holding hands. (laughs) And not in a friendly, not like a platonic friend way. I want to give a little background on both Amy and Chris. Amy has been in San Francisco for nine years, originally from Palm Springs. She's 32 years old. And we ask all of our guests to fill out this type form before they come on the show. So we get a little background on them. And one of the answer, one of the questions is, what do you want to talk about on this episode? And Amy's answer was how we moved out of the friend zone to make a life together. That's just beautiful. That's poem in itself. (laughs) And Chris has been in San Francisco for seven years, originally from Fairfax, Virginia. He's 33 years old. And his answer to that question was, how I got the girl of my dreams. Oh, whoa. Whoa. I need to know what's going on. First of all, let's just rewind. You guys were friends for how long? Two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years. And at what point did this friendship turn into a romantic relationship? Kind of a long story. (laughs) The basis of it was that we had a lot of uh, common goals and shared values. And even though I knew he was interested and it felt kind of like more than I was ready for, um, I wanted to have him as a friend because I saw him as someone that I could spend time with um, maybe as a business partner or, or more just because of our strong like value system. How did you know that Chris was interested? You could tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was multiple kind of situations where it happened to sort of slip out, you know, a little like bit. Like in what way? I want to hear. Well, 
I couldn't really cover up my feelings. And so, for instance, maybe I might get a couple more cups of tea in me than normal. And uh, I would just cough up the fact that I really like likes you. And then there was several sort of fizzle at, fizzled out moments of that type that where we were kind of like, oh, no, you know, we're not going to go there. And then we had to sort of refine our our balance as friends a few times. And for each of those moments, did you think maybe in the future, maybe soon? I did, even though Amy was really clear with her boundaries initially, mm-hmm. she always kind of left the door open, mm-hmm. just like a little crack. Oh, in what way? <laughs> She's shaking so? her head. She's shaking her head right now. What well, way? Um, for instance, like I can remember one time, first time when I told you that I really liked you and you were like, no, I don't think that we have a future and, and that's that and it's not going to change. And, you know, I was, I was kind of hurt by that to some extent, and I sort of disappeared for a little while. Mm-hmm. And there were several times where I kind of disappeared, but you would always kind of like come back and get me. Oh, like a, a reach while. out of some yeah, sort? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She would reach See back it. out after a little while and be like, hey, where are you? And I'm sorry, were you like, I didn't hear from you ever since that intense conversation that we had. And are you okay? And so. Amy, what were your intentions with these? Um, yeah, I thought we were friends, you know. I really cared about him a lot. So I I cared about his well-being. I wanted to make sure he was okay. I still saw us as, as good friends no matter what. And that the reason why um, I didn't, like, say, okay, we can't be friends ever again because you're being a little weird to me right now is because um, I, um, yeah, I saw, I saw more to him. In those two and a half years you guys were just friends, were there other people in the picture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for yeah, on we both sides. Both other people. Mm-hmm. Both sides, yeah. So let's start with Chris. How did you feel when Amy was dating other people? Well, um, I typically felt jealous mm-hmm. to some extent, which I managed in a pretty kind of hidden way. Um, but that for me was always a sign that I really liked a girl. You know, mm. when I felt that. Mm-hmm. So we, we had a couple experiences at Burning Man. Um, and uh, it always was a little hard for me to see you with other guys. And were you sizing up these other guys? Were you like, hey, I, I'm so much better than this dude? Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's also, I think that one of the real crucial kind of things that I've learned about having really close friends that I also am attracted to is um, being able to consciously let go of some of those feelings. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if there's one single thing that I feel like I've really learned about that is, is really striving in and trying to find that real French, deeper friendship and Mm -hmm. not be like, because I've had other girlfriends in the past that I've, I've um, destroyed the relationship from being, Mm-hmm. way overly aggressive and uh, not really knowing when to stop and not being able to let go of those feelings. And in your mind, were you thinking this isn't going to happen just yet? It was a timing reason? Or did you actually think maybe this will never happen? Um, I didn't really know, but I knew that I loved you so much just for who you are and the way you are that I couldn't walk away from it. It was just mm-hmm. like this force that mm-hmm. drew me to you. I, I, I didn't really know, but I knew that the connection was incredibly deep, and something that I wanted to like keep nourishing. So Amy, I'm going to ask you the same question. How did you feel when Chris, in those two and a half years, Chris was dating these girls, knowing you knowing that he had a crush on you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to be really clear with the boundaries is because like there was other people involved and I wanted to make sure that we're like, we could be, we could maintain our friendship without getting into that weird zone. And I I think that's the biggest thing is that that boundary was so clear and so strong that he felt like we, there was something deeper that we couldn't connect on. Like I wasn't opening up to him and, um, but uh, I mean, I was I was happy to see him with other people. I just wanted him to be happy, and I was with other people, so I was fine with that. But, any um, sense of jealousy in any of those moments? There was times where uh, if he was with someone else, I'd be like, "Why are you with that other person? We're you know we're a team. We're the we're we're like the the two 
a dynamic duo. Yeah, there was a few points where I just kind of didn't understand why he was with somebody else, but... Um, and well, because Amy you was don't... kind of my Amy was sort of my relationship therapist at times as <laughs> yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So one of the most interesting things I think about a relationship is because we set the precedent as friends, we were always completely open with each other, uh-huh. and I was able to tell her my deepest, darkest secrets, including mm-hmm. the uh, the doubts um, and that I had about my current relationship, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that I couldn't even tell to my girlfriend then. Mm-hmm. So we kind of set this the stage for being completely open, and I think that that's really helped us. But Amy, you said something that mm-hmm. I find interesting. You said, "Why are you dating her? You, we are the dynamic duo here." Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's unfair to Chris? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, but like sometimes you just think something, but you want to wish the other person well so you don't really say it or but really like I had seen a lot of struggles that he had had with his relationship at the time and I thought that he wasn't really happy and I tried to help them because another friend helped me get out of a relationship that we couldn't see that we weren't right for each other Mm -hmm. so I I was hoping that I could be that for them but they weren't ready for that so you know that wasn't my place and, and, you know, I see this in a lot of friendships that turn into relationships that during that friendship period, um, whoever is the one being chased is always in that, in that position of, I want you in my life, but also I don't want you like that. So it's, it's, it, it's yeah. a weird dynamic because the other person who's doing the chasing is kind of like, well, am I fully free to date someone else when I'm thinking about you? And you as the one being chased, you're kind of like, I don't want anybody else taking away the time that we have together or the attention you're giving to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that quite a bit. So how did this dynamic change? The dynamic changed... Um... I want to say that it started in uh, a retreat that I put together in Thailand for the new year. Um, It was all about letting go of stuff from the past and Mm -hmm. and going into the new year. Clean slate. So I created a... um, a whole like protocol and we went to Thailand and there was, it was really intimate. There was just four of us. Chris, I saw him as somebody who could be um, partial co-leader for it. You know, it was my first time trying to throw something like this on and I had all these fun activities that are really like deep work that um, help you see yourself in a new light. Mm-hmm. And we did these activities, you know, we did yoga every morning, we went on an adventure and then we did these activities in the evening and it was very profound. And I think that was the first turning point of, um, he reached out to me and said, you know, you're, you're, you personally, you're not, um, letting, you're not being open with me. You're not Mm. opening up to me. He called you out. He called me out. Yeah. And he's never really called me out before. I think, you know, he wrote a song kind of about it, but never really like said, you need to be more open with me. So it was the first time that it was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Maybe I need to open up a little bit more. So that kind of put a question mark on that boundary of like, well, how how do we define this boundary? And um, uh, that trip was so life changing that everybody who went on it had like something that they just let go of. And so two breakups happened. Um, when, oh, wow. during the retreat when when we got back from oh. the retreat yeah <laughs> yeah so chris when you said amy you're not open with me you're not being completely open what did you mean by that well um i think that i felt a little bit of uh we both have challenges and we have certain types of feelings and behaviors that we've struggled with our whole life around relationships And I think I felt one of your challenges, which was not letting people in very easily Mm -hmm. in some ways. And being, even though extremely attentive and extremely expressive and nurturing, kind of there was this wall and this barrier that felt like you wouldn't let anyone inside at all. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of basically just trying to get you to give me a chance, essentially. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> because I always knew that I could prove myself 
Well, that was one of the things I was going to ask. Like, do you think it was like a timing thing that something with you changed or did you just suddenly see Chris in a different light? Well, I had, um, I was finally over a relationship. I was looking for a new one. And because of our friendship, I guess part of me was thinking, well, maybe, maybe he's a good candidate. Mm -hmm. So it it made me um, realize that perhaps if there was a chance for the two of us, that I would have to take it if. If that was the case, but even just considering it, sure that's that that um, plants a seed. How yeah. did the seed grow? Well, we both have a different sort of take on the the actual <laughs> turning point, the fulcrum <laughs> moment where it yeah. turned around. What I thought was what it was uh, was kind of humorously enough encouraged by a like a magic mushroom shake that we had at this like. <laughs> Rastafarian cafe in Thailand. I was thinking like a friend, a family member. No, a mushroom no, shake. Yeah, a mushroom well, shake. Well, usually like alcohol or some substance some, that puts it over the edge. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was it was interesting because even though we were so intensely connected with our our values and uh, our hobbies, we had never been able to really physically like break through that mm-hmm. barrier. And we'd had a a couple of the fizzled out moments had been really awkward where I had sort of been a little too like aggressive. And then you were like, whoa, get away. And (laughs) and so um, it it was, that was really hard for us to break through that. Mm -hmm. And after this one amazing day of like kind of hiking around all day long, and we ended up snuggling like in this chair in the Rastafarian cafe. This is the first time you've ever snuggled? I think so. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. This okay. was the first time of really good snuggling. <laughs> <laughs> Non-platonic snuggling-ish. It was still light. It was still, light. It was still yeah. pretty light, but it was very, it was very deep for me. And it was the, it was kind of the breakthrough mm-hmm. for me. So before this, you weren't like we touched weren't with one that, another. Yeah, we weren't Hug- really that. No. We hugged. Ever. I mean, we yeah. we next next to next one to another. One. Yeah, couple times. But you've never had like an accidental makeout session. Before this, or even a snuggle, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what happens during the snuggle, Amy? (laughs) Do you remember this? I don't remember. You don't remember this. (laughs) I remember the day. I remember it being really nice, but it wasn't as mind blowing for me. I just remember feeling good. You know. (laughs) So, what was the turning point for you? Uh, well, the turning point is I, I, when he actually like called me out and he like challenged me. Because was that he's, before or after it was, the snuggle? It was before, mm-hmm. um, before the snuggle. So it was kind of like leading up to it, I think. So that's interesting because your mm-hmm. mentality must have switched and he must have picked up on that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you yeah. were just more, more open. open I was it. more yeah, open. So. Exactly. So he was, he could get a little bit of the green light, but it was still pretty dim at that point because, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was just, it's just a weird switch, you know, uh-huh. you're like, really, you have that wall mm-hmm. and then to, to like have like a little pinhole and you're like, oh. yeah, you know, so it was like walking towards the pinhole and not really sure, you know, where those blurred lines were going to be. It's interesting when you see someone and then when you see them in a different light. Yeah. I've yeah. had that happen totally. once before where um, it was totally platonic with this guy. We worked on a project together. And one day, I swear to you, just one day, I was like, holy shit, this man is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I never had those feelings have, before. Yeah. And I, you just... I can't even recall what it was. I don't know what was the factor that played into it, but just something. Yeah. It is the a same thing with like a friend of eight months and never gave him a thought. And then just like one day it like, like he made a move and I was into it. And I was, yeah. don't know what that I think it's like it's hard confidence. To explain. Yeah. Yes. Because when it, re- what really turned it around was he showed more confidence. Yeah. When, when that door, I think maybe sl- slightly started to open, there was more um, he never really went after me. Like, it just was kind of like, oh, I like you. You know, mm. like, it was just like I could feel the feelings. You know, he never really mm. initiated anything. But when things started to initiate, then I realized that, oh, okay, this, he's being more masculine and that's yes. that's more sexy to me. That is so, so mm-hmm. such a good point. Because a lot of times what happens is, you know, you get like the the 
the passive yep um, passive, inter- yeah. initiative That's, you know like yep. hey do you want to hang out tomorrow or yeah. I, I really like that dress on you you look great today versus like can I take you on a date on a totally. non-platonic right. date yeah. well, can yeah. we hang out not as friends well, the example I was just using I remember like the guy like grabbed by like we were like at a bar and like just held my hand like mm. under a table and I was like okay so this is happening but like before it takes that like aggressive confident reaction to it so let's get to the juicy part of the story (laughs) when did this completely turn (laughs) non-platonic well um i think it was so we got back from thailand and then i you were just like in my mind like all the time and i think i said in an email to you that I felt like my heart was just like bursting at the seams. Like I couldn't contain it. And I was thinking about you all the time. Um, And then I think we, that's when the, 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 the sexting began, right? Sexting? Yeah. (laughs) like, (laughs) don't remember that either. (laughs) We should have interviewed guys individually. (laughs) That would have been so good. I think the poems were first. You you had you had um, a critique that you were having your friends do mm, about yeah, that was actually parts of your character. That was a and, big point. And this was an opportunity for me to just like dump out my heart to you. So one question for you. Like before when you like liked Amy, were you thinking about her all the time like you just mentioned, or was this just a much more intense feeling of it? Well, I, I was thinking about her a lot, but for me, the problem was I didn't really trust my feelings mm. because I had had this happen in the past with other people. And I had been in a long-term relationship with someone for six years. Wow. Person. Okay. And um, I had had several really intense crushes come and go. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I felt like I didn't know what to do with those feelings. Like mm-hmm. if I should trust them, if that was just kind of this thing that I should be pushing out and not paying attention to at all. So that really trusting my feelings, I think, was a really big breakthrough. It was probably partially because you were open and receptive to it. Right. He couldn't deny his feelings anymore because of the trip. We we dug it all up and we decided to say hello to it and... Yeah, but let's get to the sexting. <laughs> what is going on the sexting? I need to know more. I, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, we can find them. No, I think what, what you you said, the uh, the evaluation. Yeah, I sent all these evaluations, personal evaluations, of evaluating me as a person and like what I could grow on and what I was really great at. And his just stood out like... Like something... I don't know. It just really stood out. I forget right now... I, I wish we could look at them again, but... Well, I talked about the things that are completely magical about you. I talked about your incredible openness mm-hmm. and, like, fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Like, the time that we we danced naked around the fire at Burning Man when we were just friends. And, yeah. and when she was like, all right, you better go dance naked around the fire. And I was like, I'm not going unless you're going. And it's like, the one thing about this lady is she can't turn down a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just, she's got that warrior spirit that like it's gonna be like i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and so you were like okay let's do it <laughs> and that's super fun well, and you probably yeah. saw that he saw you for who you were which yeah. Was yeah huge well the things that he wrote about me it just it just really turned around in my mind it was like he sees me in a way that nobody has and he appreciates mm. me in a way that nobody has and right. so it, it that was really one big step well, that's something yeah. that people say about friendship in general, because mm-hmm. obviously it's a foundation. And like one of the problems with like just going on date after date with people you don't necessarily know is that you don't have that foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's true. I think it's important for people to who are trying to get get out of the friend zone to think about instead of telling your crush that you have a crush on them, which is flattering. Right. I think the other approach is to say, I see you in this way. Yep. And this is why I admire you. This is why I want to be mm-hmm. with you because I see you differently than how other people see you. Mm-hmm. That's a very compelling argument for giving me a chance. And right? I know you. It's not just, oh, I'm attracted to you. I right. know the core of you and I want to be with that person. And obviously you think Amy's beautiful. Obviously you're physically attracted. That's like already, you know, baseline. But what is it on top of that? Because Amy could get all sorts of 
um, messages from people who tell her she's great and who want to be with her, who are attracted to her. But what makes you stand out? And what I'm hearing is Chris sees you in a different light than other people do. So back to the sexting. (laughs) (laughs) I still didn't get my answer on the sexting, damn it. Since you remember it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so there was a poem and then there was kind of, I, like I said, I was just overwhelmed with these feelings and, um, I think that I psychically could feel that you're in your growing interest mm-hmm. as well. You're growing receptiveness mm-hmm. on the other side. And so I started sort of pushing the lines a little bit with um, talking about the, you know, the, um, the hot shower in the apartment and like mm. the massage <laughs> and um, and just lots of other stuff. I'm, you know, yeah. So basically, back to you, yeah. So basically, um, insinuating certain things without actually coming out to say them. I was pretty bold at that point. I started to get a really strong vibe that if I was going to go for it, that you were gonna, you were gonna go for it. But your idea, bold, seems to not have stuck with Amy because she didn't really remember these as sexting. <laughs> you know, you, what did you think these text messages? I guess, were? yeah, I guess it was, but I, I just. I don't know. I don't. I didn't think it was that. It's also planting. It's also planting like the sexual side of you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tough from like friends because I've also had friends that like male friends that I've literally just been friends with that they felt the same way, and I can't imagine crossing that barrier. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a challenge to get over it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I see, like, kind of by you planting that, it's starting to see you in a different light. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I remember one where. We'd come back from the trip and, and I had really told you that I was, my heart was bursting at the seams and everything. And then it was kind of just silent and we were kind of playing it cool. And I woke up one morning and I wrote this one that just said, you know, this, this whole cool as a cucumber thing would be working great for me if I weren't like ridiculously hot for you right now. Oh, and it was super it was pushing. The that would turn me on. Could, yeah. I'd be like, yes. I was like, I think we're turning on right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it was a long time until you like, you replied. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so <laughs> waiting by your phone. <laughs> Putting a gun to my head. I was like, oh, I did. Like, is it like a, hey, how's it going text? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you know? emoji do I use next? I don't know. <laughs> And how did, when did this happen then? When did this uh, sexting turn into a real life Um, scenario? Well, um, we had our first kind of kissing and and like massaging shortly thereafter. (laughs) I think it was the massage first. It was the massage first. How did this happen? It was a date. Was it a date? It was pretty much a date. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, that from that text that I just mentioned, there was many more that subsequently came after that. And ultimately I said, I want to see you like tonight. Oh, so it was clear at that point. It was pretty clear. It was pretty clear. crossed over the friend zone. From my point of view, I'm still have kind of a guard up. Uh So it's just like, it didn't really hit me in the same way that I think if I like were really into him, you know, Mm -hmm. like super like, like ready it would have hit me in a different way but the other like it was just kind of like okay well he's being chris or you know like i don't uh-huh. know i was just like i knew that it was um what he was insinuating and i also knew that i wanted to give it a shot so yeah. i wanted to see where things were going and yeah, yeah so so then but, but were you starting to develop feelings? I was for starting Chris? to develop feelings, yeah. So it was definitely like once the whisper got in, then it was like maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. all the little maybe things came in. And I think at one one big turning point was he brought me back to his home and it's on this farm. And we had this idea about turning it into a retreat center for years. And mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like, here you go. I don't know, like there was just this sense of like, this is for you and me. And like, then it just like, it was part more of this feeling of like, we have to do this together. And like, so it almost felt more like faded and that I had to just trust it instead of fighting it. And I think I've been fighting it since I had met him. And so it was more of just like, 
like being afraid, you know, to like have somebody care for me as much as he does. Yes. Mm. So some of it was you being. It ready. was a lot of me being afraid. So. And it's, secretly behind the scenes, <laughs> even a year or or longer or almost that much before that, um, I had been working on developing this farm and, and mm. stuff, and my then girlfriend was almost gonna move in with me there and which just brought me this massive feeling of dread basically that i was really like not that excited about it Mm -hmm. and secretly when i was had these dreams about the future i was thinking about you at that place wow i was kind of you were like the queen that of this castle that I was the building. Queen in my of mind. this castle. Oh, I love it. So cute. So that night when you guys hook up, <laughs> let's get to that. It started with the massaging, gets a little romantic, and then the kiss happens. It got pretty romantic. The kiss was good, but like I felt like he got nervous. And so we just kind of ended it. Like we ended oh. with a kiss and we just stopped, I think. I don't know if I went home. I don't really remember, but it just felt like, it just felt like you got nervous. Well, he's been waiting for this moment for two and a half years. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of feelings from the past rejections or the fizzled out moments that we had that were kind of slightly traumatic for Mm -hmm. me, where I tried to advance and then was like, yeah, PTSD. Yeah, for sure. So I was not sure. And some of those feelings I was still dealing with and still they come up yeah so how did things progress to being in a relationship then well well we went to india oh well that would do it (laughs) (laughs) and um i had like a list of tests that i you know wanted to put him through make sure he's the right guy what kind of tests well we went to a kundalini yoga retreat oh and um I don't know. We were in my favorite place, Rishikesh. That's where I did my yoga teacher training. And I took him back to all my favorite places. And I think the test was just going through India. Like, mm. what? what's that like? And um, and spending we, two whole solid weeks just, right. yeah. just 24 time. hours yeah, a day. Right yeah. So we just kind of like, I knew that we had to work it out. And that's where we worked it out. And by the end of it, we felt pretty solid. That you were in a relationship. We were in a relationship by the end of that trip. Gotcha. But before, it was pretty shaky. Like, I, I you know, like, I, I called things off, like, close to Valentine's Day. I'm like, no, I don't want to even date you. I don't know about this. And then you brought me back, and you're like, just come. Just come to the farm. Let's just start working together. And I'm like, he, wanted, he wants to be with me no matter what. Yeah, you know, he's like, fighting for he's you. He's fighting for me, for our friendship. He'll be here forever, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that realization... I realized that it wasn't a force I could fight anymore. So that's what the big turning point was, that it felt like we were meant to to be together. Did you have any conversations about boundaries or rules of, like, you know, they always say, we don't, I don't want to compromise this friendship if we do, you know, step it into a non-friend Yeah, I was a little worried. I was worried that I was like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. (laughs) Like, I could hurt you really bad. And Mm -hmm. it was like, we have to try. So... It was, it was almost like we, there was not, there was no argument. How long ago was this trip? That was in March. And when did you guys get engaged? Um, at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> so a year and a half later. Yeah? Is that no, right? No, no, six months. So six months. Oh, March of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I guess, I mean, you've, that's the you've known each other for It's been about years. three years now. Right. Yeah. So, like, even though you weren't in a relationship, been, you've been in been a relationship. It's been a building relationship right. ever since. Yeah, it's a different take. We've done everything kind of backwards, but maybe it's the best way. I mean, obviously, it sounds like you guys have a lot of travel, which is amazing. <laughs> but for people that can't just get up and go to <laughs> India and Thailand and whatnot, what are some advice that both of you would have to get out of the friend zone? Or to be, maybe for you, get out of the friend zone and for you to, like, be open and receptive to a friend that might be the one that's been there the whole time. For me, the most important takeaway is that, ironically enough, is finding that eternal connection that is not even sexual, necessarily. You know, that as as souls and as collaborators um, in this life, 
like that really deepening, enduring friendship. And mm-hmm. even being able to let go of their needing to be more, their needing to be like more physical closeness mm-hmm. and being able to really continually strive and deepen that connection as people and our projects and our hobbies, everything. That's, I think, what allows you to get closer and closer and closer and closer over time until it just happens. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think for me, it's about just trusting yourself and allowing love to happen. Mm-hmm. I think I wasn't ready to really fully be loved, and that a lot of my work was on self love, and that helped me allow other people to love me too. Mm. So, well, it opened your eyes to someone that's eyes. been there the whole time. He'd been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of my takeaways would be, um, I think you said something, Chris, that you said at one point you didn't fully trust your feelings. And I do think that people sometimes need to know what they're feeling. Is is this just a, mm-hmm. a, a very elementary crush, which could, it could be right. I think she's pretty. I think we get along. That's a crush. Or is this a deeper connection? And I think you were trying to decipher between, is this just a surface level superficial attraction or is it much deeper? And when you finally came upon this idea of you have this really deep connection with Amy beyond anything you've experienced before, that's when you acted on those feelings, right? So I think mm-hmm. people need to, one, know their own feelings first right. before they act. And two, I would say, you know, back to all the clients I've had in the past who try to get out of the friend zone, they always tell me, well, I look for signs and she gave me the sign where she like touched my leg or she returned my text message right away. I would say if you're always looking for signs, you're always going to find signs that align with what you're looking for. That's just always going to be the case. So instead of looking for signs, you should be looking for signs in yourself that you want to pursue this person. And when you're ready to pursue, you should take initiative and you should go for it. Like you were saying with a quote, instead of trying to guess, like, is she into me today? Or is she giving me the okay to go today to tell her? You should just do it. Act on those feelings and say, I'm into you. I want to take this to another level. I don't want to just be friends with you because I I see us as something magical. Now, the third takeaway I have, which I think is the most important one, is have a plan of how you want to turn this friendship into a relationship. What you guys did was go to India and hash out things. Mm -hmm. You can't approach someone who's been your friend for two and a half years and say, hey, Magically tomorrow, let's just be boyfriend, girlfriend. It doesn't happen like that. Right. You have to go to your friend and say, I'm, I really think we can build something beyond a friendship. And here's my strategy for us. Let's, let's talk about the steps of how we can reach there, how, how we can get there. I've been thinking about this and this is my plan for us. And then the two of you can, can talk, talk about you know, like let's, how do we get, turn this friendship into beyond a friendship going into a relationship? And I think that for the person you're trying to pursue will show your thoughtfulness as opposed to just, this is just some, some random crush. Right. Well, I think that's a good point too. Cause like, obviously you had a very deep feelings for Amy and wanted this to be a relationship, but that's not always the end goal Mm-mm. for getting out of the friend zone. Like my situation when I was with a friend, like it became just like a hookup that was like, a friends with benefits situation, which is just confusing and not so great. So that's like the downside of the friend zone not gone well. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think it comes back to why are you trying to get out of the friend zone? Is it just to like fulfill an attraction to someone or is it to really be with that person? And if it's yeah. to really be with that person, what you just said of communicating, having that plan and then like making it happen. So here's the question. Can, do you believe hetero opposite sex uh friendships can actually happen oh totally yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think that they definitely can and that slight edge that maybe there always is of the physicality kind of behind the scenes i think makes them very exciting friendships (laughs) as well I don't think it's, I don't know, I personally had a a male friend that was like a brother to me, like we hung out all the time and whatnot, and I never 
felt that way. And I know he did not feel that way either. So I really don't think there was like any sign of it at all. We just genuinely enjoyed each other's company and like were really good for each other as friends at that point of our lives. So I don't think it's always that case. Yeah. Amy? Yeah, I I believe 100% um, male and female can be friends um, for sure. And it was all about that boundary. But as soon as you're ready to break the boundary, then you can't be friends anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, either one or two things happens. It flourishes or it doesn't, right? But I think, like, to the point of the people, like, for you that came to you, it's like, even if it doesn't work out, like, Mm -hmm. if you really have those feelings to someone, you can't really be friends with them. Like, it's either you genuinely want to be friends with them or you have this lingering crush, and if it's the lingering crush... It's better to just put it out there and see what happens. Yeah. And then exit if it doesn't work. Right. Because you're not authentic friends at that point. Totally. It's all about intention. All about intention. I really don't think platonic opposite gender friendships happen at all. I don't believe in them. I think there's (laughs) always an underlining, some sort of like, some sort of um, uh, temptation there. Mm -hmm. And it could just happen with timing. It could just... Maybe that that mushroom shake could bring something out in someone or a shot of something could bring out something in someone. So anyway, I think it's just a difference of opinion, but I really don't think platonic opposite gender friendships can happen. Let's go on to our question. Oh, Amy, I do have one last question mm. for you. In those two and a half years, you guys were just friends. Mm-hmm. Did any of your friends say, Amy, you really should be dating Chris? Yeah, actually, many people. We're rooting for Chris. My mom actually was, was oh. rooting for him, number one, because they both love plants and music. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe she just had the crush on him. <laughs> but she loved Chris, and she was the main person who's always been right about men for me. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. But it also just shows that if you're not ready, you can't force anything. And you weren't ready yeah, to receive it. I wasn't him. ready, and I let her know that. And she was sad. But she's happy now. But she's happy now. She's very happy now. I think it like things come together when they're supposed to come together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go on to our question of the day. This one comes from Melanie. I have a close male friend and everyone says he has a crush on me. I believe we're just friends. Do you think that's possible? And if not, how do I let him down easily? I think if all your friends seem to think that he has a crush on you, Chances are he probably has a crush on you, right? Yeah. Um, how I would go about that and how I went about it with Chris was just a really honest conversation. Because once you get those feelings and emotions out there, once you put it out there, then that awkwardness, you know, they can be pretty clear on where you stand. So it's like all about communication. And it really helps. And that's what had, that's why we had such a long friendship. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I think... Yes, your friends see things that you don't, but they also, in the other way, see things that you don't. So it depends also, like, what their opinions are on men and women being friends. Like, for example, you're very, like, don't believe in it. So if two people were super close, hanging out all the time, your instinct would think there was more going on. Mm -hmm. But if the two of them were people that actually, like, had platonic male-female friends, they may view it differently, and they also might have different conversations with just each other. So I think you need to trust your own instincts over your friends. But either way, if you're not feeling that, I mean, I think it comes down to like, how do you let them down? And it's that conversation. And like we were talking about earlier, if like you're truly friends, you can probably get through it. But if like like that was the only motivation for him being your friend, then you're not going to get through it. But you were never really truly friends only to begin with. But how do you let someone down who hasn't expressed their feelings yet? It's kind of preemptive at that point, right? You kind of need to wait for them to like make a move. But then I don't know. That's super awkward. If if he never confessed anything and she's like, listen, (laughs) make a joke, like be like, Hey, all my friends keep teasing me. Like maybe Mm. you use that to leverage the conversation so it's like tactic but i think it's tough because like but then if you (laughs) but you also don't want to be like them to be like oh well she's bringing it up she must have a thing for me right so i think it's like how do you say that Mm -hmm. just open the conversation but not expect it yeah i asked chris you know i was like is there is there something more you want from me is there more of a friend Mm -hmm. is there more to the friendship that you're looking for and he was like 
yeah, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> so he like kind of took the the easy way out, but um. But if, well, she's really intuitive, so she could tell, yeah, like just psychically from the energy, and also yeah. you're really good at being the one to then open that up, yeah, and it's be assertive about so. talking about it. I know this is like. It's harder to say this because it's not what happened. But let's say hypothetically, Amy was like, "I'm not ready for this to be a relationship." Do you guys? Do you think you'd be able to stay friends with her? I think that we would, because kind of going back to that thing that I said before, I feel like really, I think that people should be able to be connected throughout life, deeper and deeper and deeper and、mm-hmm. deeper as life goes on, like regardless of whether. They're together romantically or not.、Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's something that I want. I aspire to be that evolved emotionally to be able to do that. And I've learned from having friendships with girls blow apart,、right. mm-hmm. people who never talk to me again ever,、um, and because of being so hurt by being rejected and blowing up myself.、Mm-hmm. And so I think it just comes down to kind of. Breathing it out, learning to like let go of stuff that、mm-hmm. is not serving you, and just really enjoying being nourished by the friendship. So, Chris, in your、um, as the receiving end of like, let's say you put yourself in that in this friend's role, and Melanie, who you know wrote in the story, she's trying to tell you that she's not really interested in taking this to the next level. What would you want to hear from her? It helps to be sort of still feel like you're attractive, and、um, to not kind of feel like it's a personal attack、yes. on you.、Mm-hmm. And、yes. so that whole thing of kind of really smoothing it out with, you know, yeah, you're an attractive person,、yep. and you know, you're really nice looking, and you're one, you're wonderful in all these ways, and,、mm-hmm. and kind of. Making sure that someone doesn't go down a wormhole in terms、yes. of losing confidence about themselves. I think that that's really important.、Mm-hmm. And talking more about the the kind of practical reasons why it just might not be the right match.、Mm-hmm. I think it, it helps. That's a really good point because I think people automatically say, "Oh, they're." They like like me as a person, but they don't want to take it to the next level.、It、must be that they're not attracted, and it may or may not be that. Like obviously for you, it was、mm-hmm. I'm just not ready. <laughs> so I think that's a really good point to women that need to have that conversation. Maybe I'm I'm just not meeting all, the whole gamut of people, but I've never heard of this scenario turned around where the woman wants to get out of the friend zone for with a guy friend. I've actually never heard of that happening. I think that's happened in college before.、Does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a guy friend that I wanted to get out of the friend zone with in college. And what did you do about it? Nothing, because I was, yeah. <laughs> I, did not, I didn't do anything about it. It's definitely it. harder for the woman. Yeah, but I think I would have also. I was okay just keeping it as friends too. Yeah. It wasn't like this burning desire that if I didn't. Make so you had a crush. Much, yeah, I guess it was more of a crush.、Mm-hmm. But I was also in college, so I just wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's harder for women because we're not expected to like go for、right. the guy, and then how do you like get the guy to go for you and want you if you like them? That's all. It's always tricky.、Yeah. You know what it is?、Yeah. It's the I probably did like the subtle signs that we、yeah. talked about the men doing and that no one picking up on. I probably was sending these signs that he had no idea. Yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> why is she being so weird?、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened years later. <laughs> Well, I love hearing the success story. It gives hopes to everyone to who is trying to get out of the friend zone. And in honor of getting out of the friend zone, I know you guys have written songs about your relationship,、mm-hmm. and we get to hear one of those songs today, right?、Mm-hmm. Shall、yeah. we prepare for that? Yes. 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 So the song is signifying what part of your relationship? This was in India, and this was really once we had really gotten together. This was the first love song. Uh huh. This was based on a conversation where she. Well, I was typically I can get up really early in the morning, and I was oftentimes leaving、uh, without saying goodbye, and then she would wake up alone and not know where I was. And I it still loved happens. Her, <laughs> it still happens. You know, just when you before you leave in the morning, just say goodbye. It doesn't matter if I'm sleeping. Just wake me up. 
you know, give me a little kiss and just say goodbye. And I was like, okay, okay, well, I can do that. And then my one request uh, was that she say that she's mine forever. <laughs> so, which also happened to rhyme in the song. So that's, that's what it came from. Chris and Amy for being here and telling us our story of getting out of the friend zone. I think it's very inspirational, but also I think it's, even if you're not trying to get out of the friend zone, I had a lot of takeaways from this. Yeah, I think just taking that risk. You only live once, right? No regrets. <laughs> and believing in your power. You know, believing in your power. what you want and why shouldn't you? And trusting your feelings. Yeah. Lovely. Well, listeners at home, if you have stories that you like to tell on our show, we'd love to have you as a guest on our show. We can anonymize you so we can give you any name you want. And um, on that note, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to know and understand your feelings. If you have feelings for someone, try to figure out if these feelings are real. Because sometimes we get caught up in this whole, I really want him or her to like me back, that we forget how we truly feel. And when you do realize that your feelings are indeed real, come up with a plan to let your feelings be heard. The worst case scenario is that they don't feel the same way about you, and that ends up being the best case scenario because it's way better to know sooner than later. We want to give a huge dateable shout out to Nick, who has been helping us with sound. Thank you so much for your generosity, your kindness, and your technical skills to make all of us sound better on air. Thank you again, Nick. If you didn't know already, in our off-season, we launched a premium series called The Why Series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are, so check it out on our website under the tab Why Series. Or you can now buy directly from iTunes Music. Another exciting announcement is that we revamped our website. We now have written stories from past guests and writers, and we have playlists to organize episodes by topics. These playlists can also be found on SoundCloud. So check out all the content we now have on datablepodcast.com. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.